high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown on Sports 1440. Today's show, Oilers win a wildly entertaining game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. It featured Stuart Skinner and Ryan McLeod. Perhaps Oilers amateur scouts do know what they're doing. We'll talk about that today. Text or call us at 1-833-401-1440. Twitter at Low Tide and Declan Kruger. The lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in-stock 2023 GMC in Buick. Ask for details. All right. Bruce McCurdy, Cult of Hockey at the Edmonton Journal. Matthew Shinetti from TSN. Want to get to the bottom of this Chris Jones situation. Does he want to win or does he want to win? We'll find out. You can also catch us at sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada. And we've got a lot to talk about. But first, I want to say hello to my friend, my partner in crime, and the guy who everybody keeps saying to me, that Declan sure is good. I'm like, what about me? They say You've that? turned the tables on me. Nobody even that? mentions me anymore. Man. Out with the old and with the new. Isn't that what they say? I swear to you. The, 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 this whole thing, this whole enterprise, could, could, there's, there'll be no wrinkle. Just one day, don't even mention me. Just change the locks and it'll be fine. <laughs> do you think if one, how long do you think it would take for everyone to notice if I came in one day and just started doing the show, the intro, the line, or the whole nine? I think they'd notice right away and they'd be thrilled. Okay. Okay. Oh so my God. Would be, okay. Well, and you, you could say things like, this is what you could do. You could say, you know, I don't know. We don't have anybody who can meander about, you know, being in an IGA parking lot in Thorsby <laughs> in nineteen seventy eight. We gotta we gotta find somebody who can do that now. Well, I'll tell you, being the consummate pro that I am, I've already worked out what I would say if you were ever to miss a day <laughs> due to unforeseen illness or came in late. Do you I have my share intro. it with the class? No, or? no, no. I'm gonna okay. save it in case I ever need it one day because I can't say it now. Because if uh, that day comes it'll be ruined. You know what ah, I'm saying? Ah, I get yeah. it. So does I it involve that- me drinking too much or Hitting the ditch. No, or... you're you're in the intro very little. Oh, of course. Very, yeah, Why yeah, would yeah. I be included? <laughs> no, I'm, yeah. There's a little mention of you, then we get right to the good stuff. Okay, because the, the, you know, why, time waits for no one, right? Yes. Like when the show must go on. When Mick Taylor left the Stones, Ron Wood showed up, and that was that. You we're know, the, we're the Broadway equivalent of uh, Edmonton Sports Talk Radio. And they the show finished off on. Goat's Head Soup, and they moved on, and life was good. All right, so let's talk about the Edmonton Oilers. They are the kids call them a wagon. 11 wins in a row. I got people texting my buddy Dean text me. He goes, "I think it's the I think it's the schedule. They 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 don't they play every two days. This is the kind of schedule Toronto usually gets." Like there's probably a, a bazillion reasons. But I want to get back to a couple of things that I do think are really important and probably will fade with time. And I'm going to hammer this till till hell won't have it. I am going to beat this drum until people go, that guy has absolutely no sense of rhythm. Here's the deal. When Jay Woodcroft started the coaching in Edmonton after they fired, who did they fire? Was it McClellan? Who did they fire after? um, Who did they fire to get Woodcroft into the head coaching job? Are you listening to me? You're not listening to me. Who did they, hello? Who did they fire when they brought in Woodcroft? Uh, who did they fire? Who did the Oilers fire as head coach? Was it? It wasn't. It wasn't McClellan. It wasn't Ralph Kruger, was it? No, that's the only name I can coming see to his mind. Face. He's no, got it a was a uh... mustache. God, this is bad that we can't remember this. This oh, is why you need to replace. It me. was Dave Tippett. Dave Tippett. Shout okay. out Donovan. 
Who's God, in the studio? So bad. In Thank ears. you, Donovan. Donovan, you should be here, and I should be parking cars. For he the should definitely be here instead of both of us. Like our credibility dealership. could not have gone I further down the I should be working at Wolf GMC parking cars. That's where I should be right now. Okay, so they fire Tippett. Jay Woodcroft comes in, and the first thing he does is he starts elevating youth. He Broberg and Nima Linen, I think, flew up with him. And they were playing in the lineup. He put these kids in. Ryan McLeod had an elevated status. Stuart Skinner in the fall, he ended up, you know, playing more than anybody. And he saved the season. Jay Woodcroft was committed to youth. And that stopped. It stopped. And I think it was a mistake. Philip Broberg didn't get into the lineup. Remember, they were going to say, we're going to put him with Matthias Ekholm. It'll all be good. And then that didn't happen because Ekholm got hurt. And they just abandoned the idea of Philip Broberg. And they did not play Dylan Holloway a lot. And that's a mistake. It is. I'm sorry, but it is. Now, Chris Knobloch is is starting to feature Ryan McLeod in areas where Jay Woodcroft did not. Part of that is because McLeod was hurt at the beginning of the year. However, you can see it happening now. They're looking for another guy. They're looking for a guy who they can plug and play on the top two lines. And maybe when Kane is playing on the second line, maybe he can drop down to the third line and help them outscore, and by that I mean score, and keep the same level of suppression. And that's what happened last night. Ryan McLeod had a goal and an assist. My God, Derek Ryan was so open. I'm like, see, now this is why, this is why they need help on defense in Toronto. By the way, great hockey game. I'm going to talk a little bit about the defense and why people are mad at the defense and why you should not be mad at the order defense in a minute. But I want to hammer this. I just really want to hammer this because Dylan Holloway is coming up soon. Philip Broberg is there. I'm telling you, I don't care how much pressure Ken Holland is putting on the coaching staff. You have to play the kids. And if Ken Holland's not putting pressure on the coaching staff to, play, to not play the kids, then there's really no excuse to not play the kids. Because if you had played Philip Broberg and Dylan Holloway in October and November, they'd be doing better for you now and they'd be a lot better for you in April. And even if you had to trade them, they'd have more value. And right now, the Edmonton Oilers are at a point where they could afford to slide Dylan Holloway in and Philip Broberg in. You could give somebody, I know this is crazy, but you could give somebody in the top six defense right now a night off. You could do it. It wouldn't hurt anything. The sky wouldn't fall. The Canadian dollar wouldn't plunge. We wouldn't all be in darkness. Heat would still work in our houses. I'm just saying that the Edmonton Oilers need these guys to be available for them in April or at least at the deadline and what you do is you play them. So when Holloway comes up, if they give him like six minutes on the fourth line, that's not good enough. you got to play the guy. Same with Broberg. Right now they've got Phil Kemp here and he's just an extra and that's fine, but I I just think this is very short-sighted of the orders and I'm hoping that Chris Knobloch, he showed it last night, faith in Ryan McLeod. They clearly have faith in Stuart Skinner. Those two guys were drafted in, what, 2017 and 18? Roberg's a 2019, and Dylan Holloway's a 2020, and they're good. I watched the game last night again after the game. I watched it. Roberg is fine, and Holloway is really pushing down there. He's got a point per game, three points in three games. Got to play these kids. Have to. It's not an option. They're inexpensive, and they'll get better. And if you play them, then you give the veterans a little bit of a rest. Now, I want to talk about the defense last night because people are all over. I don't know where all the criticism came from. I watched the game, and I thought they were good. So <clears throat> there's there's anger over, I think it's Evan Bouchard didn't cover the pass to Matthews. Nuge 
wasn't as effective as he could be. And then nobody noticed Riley coming down to score. So I, I just, I do, I, please hear me out because this is important stuff. And I'm, I, I, I really hope that we can have a conversation instead of just talking past each other, which is going to actually kill Twitter and quill, kill uh, talk radio if we just can't listen to each other in here. So please, please, I, I will listen. I will, uh, I will read your texts, and I'm hoping they're good ones. And even if they're just, you don't know what you're talking about, I'll read those too. But here's the deal. The Edmonton, I'm just going to say this, the Edmonton Oilers defense is very good. They're being coached very well. They have structure, and they use all areas of the ice on their breakouts, and they cover areas well, and they're good in coverage. Now, that's there's a period at the end of that sentence. Now, and I'm say this again. I've said this a million times on this show. Sometimes you have to give the other guy what his due, his due, because. The other guy is really damn good. Who scored last night? Austin Matthews, Morgan Riley, really good players. How many really good players does Toronto have? A ton. And one of the reasons the Oilers won last night was that Toronto's defense is like they're banged up, they're hurting, and they're relying on some guys who are maybe secondary moderns. Secondary modern was a term used, I believe, in England for what we would have called trade or finishing school. It's a put down, but that's that's what it is. They're not the they're not the front line guys. Some on defense are a little bit new; they're going to get better. Some are a little bit too old, and they're they're not they're fading a little bit. By the way, John Tavares does not seem to get to plays like he used to. Not trying to cast aspersions or create any kind of warfare. I'm just saying I love him as a player. I'm saying that when he gets to a play, he's still very good. He's not getting to as many plays as he used to. Toronto Maple Leafs are a fun team to watch. I love watching them. And last night, if you're a fan of hockey and you watched it, you had a blast. It was such a fun game. And you could see, you know, the first goal is scored, and I'm like, oh, my God. You know, and then Skinner, he wasn't terribly busy after that. But later in the period and then in the second, it got very busy, and he he stopped everybody except the the Riley goal. And I, I, just, I think that somebody's got to cover Riley or – or do get in front of the shot, something. Um, so both of those plays that ended up in goals, I'm not going to blame Skinner for. You may, I'm not. I thought he was brilliant. I really do. Now, when you're watching that game and you're thinking about, you know, what has to happen with the Oilers and you're thinking about what has to happen with Toronto, I think there's more holes in Toronto than there is in Edmonton right now. And I know you're going to say, well, about the backup goalie, Al? What about the right-handed center? I get it. I understand. But Toronto has defensive problems. And I think that Jones played really well. But they got to get they got to get Hall back. And Jones, maybe that's the tandem. I do like the gigantor defenseman that they have, Hildebeest. I like him. I'd love to see a 2024 Stanley Cup final between these two teams. I tweeted that out last night. And people are like, they're not going to get past the first round. Toronto Maple Leafs are very good. They're a very good team. And they I think they I think they if they get the goaltending from from Hall and Jones, and if they can upgrade the defense, and I don't know what that looks like. Is it Hannafin? I don't know. Is it Tanev? I don't know. But I think they're and they're well coached. I don't know if they have the general manager 
that they should have. I, I'm just being honest here because I was a big fan of Kyle Dubas. But this team could win the Stanley Cup, as could the Edmonton Oilers. There's two other teams in Canada who could as well. It's a wild year for Canadian hockey in the NHL. It really is. We're going to talk to McCurdy about all of that and also about John Short today uh, with Bruce. And then Matthew Shinetti from TSN is going to join us. I want to talk about the Elks. McLeod Bethel-Thompson, it's not a law firm, it's a quarterback, and he's very good. They acquired Curly Gittins, I think yesterday. He was his receiver back in Toronto. And Jones is building his version of a winner, whatever that is in his mind. And I think that when you are the management, uh, upper management, and you hire GM coach and you want him to build his team, then, then he has basically carte blanche. But you better be right. One of the things I'm going to ask Shinetti about today is Trey Ford's value. Let's say there's another team in the Canadian Football League who would like to commit to Trey Ford right now. Would the Elks trade him, and what would his value be? And would you as a fan be mad as hell and not going to take it anymore, or are you fine with that? Because I, what, what I'm hearing from fans is that, that this is a really um, difficult thing that the Elks are doing. You were looking forward to this young man being the quarterback, the starting quarterback. And Jones says in the interviews, like he'll, if you listen to him, he'll tell you. He'll say, look, he's going to be a great quarterback. He's not there yet. So he looks at him as a non-finished product. Remember now, he's a great runner and the CFL loves runners. Declan, let me ask you. Do you think there's another team in the Canadian Football League that would commit to Trey Ford? And if so... Should the Elks consider maybe trading him to get real value for him? I wouldn't trade him because I still think... I listen, Do I think there are other teams in the CFL that would commit to him? Absolutely. I think the guys down south might do it, down in Calgary. I wouldn't trade him because I still... Even though you've brought in McLeod Bethel-Thompson on this deal, I still think long-term, 35-year-old McLeod Bethel-Thompson is not the answer. Trey Ford is going to be the quarterback of the future. I think we all thought that was going to come this next season and for many seasons to come. Now we realize we may have to take a bit of a step back, but I still think at some point he's going to be the future of this franchise. If nothing else, McLeod can lead him, teach him for one year, and then Trey Ford takes the reins. So even if there's value there, I'm not trading him because I'm not sure the return is going to be as valuable as what he's going to do for the franchise. Is What can Thompson take? Because they're not the same caliber or quality or style of quarterback. What can he teach him? Like stay in the pocket? I would just, like, how to handle yourself as a quarterback would be the biggest thing I would presume. There are X's and O's on a football field, but there's also leading your, being a leader of a team, being a mentor for your receivers, being a mentor for your skill position players, things of that nature. If their styles aren't exactly similar, it may not be an X's and O's thing like you pointed out, but there's more to football than that. There's what goes on in the locker room. There's how to handle media. There's things of that nature that I think McLeod can do for Trey Ford. Uh, do we have the song 29 Palms? Well, we can certainly check for it. Okay, because I just I just figured this out. I did the math. Kicking uh, Matheson tweeted it out. It's 29 days until... Pitchers, catchers, and injured guys report to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm just saying. It's, you know, Grapefruit and Cactus League are 29 days away. So I thought maybe we could use the bumper song of 29 Palms by Robert Plant coming out of the next, seg- the you know, out of the next break. Was that a question? 
Yeah, well, no, it's more of a request. I know that, you know, I'm uh, they're changing the locks as I speak right now. I won't be getting in here tomorrow, so I'm just... No, I, to... I, I probably won't be either after my Ralph Kruger comment. Uh, it doesn't look like we have 29 palms in here, but I'm sure we can get it off uh, off YouTube. Uh, look, Should be a problem. That wasn't your fault. The old man had, a, a like, a brain glitch, and I could not for the life of me. Listen, if Donovan wasn't in this room with us... We'd be out. We'd be off the air. You know, Connor would have taken over running the show by himself, and we would be collecting our. It's like me saying our last paychecks. John Paul George and oh, you got to know that stuff. If you're in, you know, broadcast radio, it's got to be at the top of your, you know, brain parts. Ear candy says, "Oops, <laughs> that could be the name of the show." I'm going to tell you another one. I have not checked the text line since that uh, little flub. I see the tab that keeps going up there with all the unread text messages. Haven't checked it. Probably not going to check it uh, for well, a while. Why not? Oh, just absolutely getting flamed for our uh, slip up there. Oh, I don't care. That's it. No, I know. I know you don't. See, but I'm, I'm you're like, established. This is the thing. Any, it's, um, um, uh, was it the who that got, they, I think they got arrested for, for, urinating against a wall sounds like something they do okay that's called publicity oh so you, so you think any, any publicity attention we can draw to her. and okay. i'm not suggesting you do that please don't do that Declan. uh we live in a different time however yeah if we if we get attention that's good if people are texting us that's good by the way streets are a little bit wacko today so be careful a little slippery it is warming up which means the the frost is coming out i was going to use horror as a word but Horfrost really isn't in yeah. this sentence. And then I want to talk to you later if we may. Can we do an entire segment on Joel Embiid? Oh, we can absolutely. I would love to do an entire segment. On, that's where to. I'll really shine. Listen, it, you don't come here for my Oilers head coach's knowledge. You come here for the basketball talk. If we yeah. can do an entire segment on Joel Embiid, I will be flying. I'm getting a text that Dave Tippett is on the private line, wants to talk to you. I don't know what that's about. Hockey rumors on the way. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Lowdown on Sports 1440 brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Robert Plant there. I mentioned that it was 29 palms, 29 days, until the Jays, pitchers and catchers, and hurt guys, um, the chubby ones, they're all going to training camp, to spring training. And Ken Rosenthal has this. Sources confirm the Blue Jays are in agreement with Cuban free agent right-handed pitcher Yariel Rodriguez. Deal is pending a physical. Hurdles also remain with his immigration. There were times in the 80s and maybe 90s, uh, maybe they do it today too, but the Cuban uh, touring teams would come to, to Edmonton and play at Ducey. And, oh, my God, were they good ball players. And, I mean, I just think it was a shock when they play internationally. They're brilliant. But th- th- there, there were players in Cuba that could be in the major leagues that weren't because of the, the situation with regard to Cuba. And... We'll see with Yariel Rodriguez, but it's an interesting signing by the Blue Jays. Okay, some hockey rumors. This is one that I am very interested in seeing how it turns out. The Calgary Flames have placed winger Walker Dewar on waivers for the purpose of assignment. This is from Chris Johnston of TSN. And Walker Dewar is an interesting guy. I think there will be teams in the National Hockey League that take a shot at him. He's 26. He's 6'2", 210. In his NHL career, which is 47 games, he has eight goals and 15 points, so somewhat productive and doesn't take a lot of penalties. I, I just wonder if he's a guy. I think, I mean, I don't know, but I think that with his size and his style, 
there'll be there'll be teams that are after Walker Dewar. I'm surprised they put him on waivers. And maybe he'll clear. But that was a surprising name for me. When I watch them, he's noticeable to me. Tyler Ennis, the hockey Tyler Ennis, has retired from hockey. He announced it today. Um, he announced it via the Buffalo Sabres. He's playing with uh, Mannheim in the Deutsche League. Uh, has terminated his contract, stepped away from the game. He had a neck injury uh, in November. And he said, and I'm quoting here, after working hard to get healthy with our great team, I ultimately decided to quit hockey. I would like to thank Mannheim General Manager Daniel Hopp, my teammates, the coaches, our medical staff, and, of course, the great fans of their support. I will continue to cheer on the Adler Mannheim vigorously in the future. Of course, he was an Edmonton Oiler, and I think that the, he was an astute uh, acquisition and then uh, hung around for a little while with the Edmonton Oilers. Always liked his play. Um, he was an, it, uh, They used to call them energy players, but he did have some skill in 700 NHL games. So we're talking about a real player here, a first-round pick from Edmonton. He had 144 goals and 346 points. And among his 24 playoff games, five of them were with Edmonton. Had a goal and an assist. And he had um, 39 games with Edmonton, five goals and 13 points. Low Tide, if I may interrupt very quickly here, we have some breaking news out of the NBA concerning our Toronto Raptors. Yes, they've made a trade. They have. Pascal Siakam has been traded to the Indiana Pacers. Well, we were talking about that last night, or at least Mm -hmm. it was up on the big board last night as a possibility. Did they get a bunch of picks? They got three first-round picks. Bruce Brown, who was a great piece off the bench in Denver's uh, championship run last season, and Jordan Wara. Okay. That's the package. This is this is a a deal that we uh, did. Were we talking about this in the off season, or did it start um, earlier than that? It had been thrown around in the off season, but I don't think it was really until Scotty Barnes kind of legitimized himself as the guy on Toronto yeah. and the guy of the future that it came to fruition. So I have a couple more questions. If you can leave your mic on and uh, and not type, so um, this is pulling the shoot right on the season. I think the season, I think everyone kind of knew the season was a lost cause, maybe a play-in team at best. No yeah. disrespect to them, but I mean, it's a first-year head coach. It's a franchise that's moving towards a rebuild. I, they've already started it with Scotty Barnes, but moving towards a rebuild. This, I think, solidifies, yes, this season is a wash. Look to the future. Uh, the next question, the final one I have on this, and then I'll get back to your typing. This rumors segment is hot as a firecracker today. Um, when when I hear an NBA is acquired, team has acquired three first-round picks, I assume they're they're in the year twenty ninety nine, uh, yes twenty three seventy five, right? The years have not been announced yet, but I would I would be willing to bet this may be the first NBA trade where we have one of the draft picks in the twenty one hundreds. So we'll find out soon enough. I mean, I'm sure, but we're kind of joking, but not really, right? They'll oh, you're like if you're getting traded in the NBA for a first round pick, there's a good there's a good chance that first round pick is a seventh grader right now. So that's just how they do it. What would what would be the value of trading? Like, if if there's a team out there that really wanted something and was willing to give up a 2024 first round pick, how much more value would that have to a team than like the 2176 draft pick? Well, this draft isn't particularly deep. I think the top ranked uh, guy on most draft boards right now is a guy by the name of Alex Starr. He, he plays out of Australia. He's French, but it's overall it's not a great draft. So I get what you're saying in terms of you know like the closeness of the year. Um, it. It really all depends. It depends on what the draft, uh, what the draft looks like on any given year, and what the prospect pool looks like, as it does with any sport, I imagine. Yeah. Um, well, Todd, I listen to a lot of Calgary radio, 
when Dura has been playing, they just comment over and over. He just doesn't do enough. Okay, because because the 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 player I watch, like I mean, I I understand completely if, if Walker Dura has been passed by somebody else. I get it. They got a lot of good players down there. I watched them for a portion of last night, and they ended up winning on a great goal uh, by the Sharagona, uh, the 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 kid they got from uh, New Jersey. But I mean, I look at this team and I go, okay. They don't have that many good players. They're on a roll right now. I think they've won four in a row. But for me, anyway, I I, I like him as a player, and I think he's going to get picked up by somebody. Could be wrong. I've been wrong before. I'll tell you that Connor Zary looks good. Wow, does he look good. Blake Coleman's having already 20 goals already this year. Yeah, Sharon Govich has 18 that's that's good production. That was a great pay, a great trade. He's from Minsk, by the way. One of the great hockey jokes of all time has Minsk in the punchline. I won't give it to you, but it's really, really funny. Mangiapane coming around after a bit of a slow start for them. I like Sari a lot. He's only got he's got he's a rookie. Got twenty two points in thirty four games, but uh, he's a five on five machine. He's young. Lots to like about that player. Walker Dewar, 19 games this year, goal and four points. Kasperi Kapanen on IR, out four weeks for St. Louis. Nikita Zaitsev on IR for Chicago. Louis Crevier. I think some of these names are made up. Cody Hodgson is signed to PTO with the AHL's Milwaukee uh, Admirals. That story was going around a week or so ago that he wanted to get back uh, and come back, and, and maybe that's, that's where they are. But the Edmonton Oilers, I, I'm going to talk to McCurdy about this. It's one of the questions I have for them. You know, this year is like shifting sands. And I don't know, I don't, like the reason you wait for the deadline if you're the Edmonton Oilers is you don't know what the needs will be at the deadline. A month ago, you know, a little more than a month ago, the the need was goaltending. Now the need is not, backup goaltending maybe, but Calvin Pickard looks as good as, Probably most of the guys you're going to get for backup job via trade, and then defense looks really solid. The the the, the way they're outletting the puck, the way they're defending, they've got the buy in from the forwards. They're playing, I think, all four lines at least some. So the problems that were really an issue when Jay Woodcroft were here was here was here. I still think a lot of it was injury. McLeod, McLeod was injured, but also McDavid was injured, and Ekholm was injured. That's a lot. But those things have dissipated. And right now, this team looks like, I mean, I don't know whether you'd touch it. Don't touch it. I would play the kids, though. If you're going to call up Holloway, put him in there. And at some point in time, like Broberg, I, I watch him play in the AHL. He's got nothing more to prove in the American Hockey League. Keeping him fit, keeping him ready, keeping him you know, engaged, sure. But Broberg has nothing more to prove. And if they're going to trade him, they better be getting something because this guy is a player. Going to see a lot of, I think, young talent possibly heading out of town here. And I don't know if it's wise because if you trade Broberg or you trade Holloway or even if you trade Lavoie, I I think you can trade picks easier now than you can trade those guys because that's three potentially... uh, productive 
value contracts on next year's Edmonton Oilers, and you are going to need them if only because of the Connor Brown bonus. Pretty wild stuff. Would you sit Kulak for Broberg? Also, is Gagne cleared? Well, we haven't heard about Gagne, and we will if he's cleared. I would I would sit Broberg or DeHarnay or anybody who needed to, to get a rest for whoever the seventh defenseman is. I think you're going to have to rest some of these guys a little bit. You know, they're, they've been extremely healthy. Great. But I still think you're going to have to rest them a little bit. By the way, I was really worried about Stuart Skinner a couple of times last night. The Leafs were just running into them, running into the goalie last night. Do you think Columbus would do Campbell for Ms. Lincolns? If they would, would you? I don't think. I, I just don't think Campbell's contract is tradable. It's 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 a it's a different version of the Eric Carlson story a year ago. The orders were everybody said, "Well, get Carlson and get somebody else to pick up the money." Okay, who? You'd have to have two teams. It's too much. I still there were people talking about the Eric Carlson trade like it was plausible and possible. Never going to happen. Not ever. LT, would you say there are three top three legit power forwards in the NHL from Joe Daddy? I'd have to look it up. And it depends on your 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 definition of power forward. Is Leon a power forward for you? One of the things that that used to be able to we used to be able to do is well take the guy with 100 penalty minutes and he's a power forward. Now nobody gets 100 penalty minutes, and and. How do you feel? I mean, Evander Kane is, I think we can all agree, Evander Kane is a power forward. He's actually more like a policeman who can score. He's like, you know, John Ferguson. He is really unique, honestly. And by the way, he had a little more torque in his game last night. I was worried a, a bit about conditioning, but he looked like he was roaring last night. He looked like Frank Mahovlich on that one play where he just drove to the net. I'm like, oh, my God, it's big Frank Mahovlich. I got to say, I was pretty excited about it. Drysaddle and McKinnon are power forwards to me from an imitation Tom. Well, that, that's for me, that's the question. When people say power forwards, what are you describing? Are you describing the power forwards that existed in 1993? Because those gentlemen were involved a lot more in going to the penalty box. Huss says, sounds like Siakam going to the Pacers for Brown and Picks. Yeah, we've got that. We have the picks in also, if you're interested. Okay, go ahead. Two 2024 firsts and a 2026 first. See, now, to me, that has high value. You've got some tw- You've got yes. some guys who can be you know, plugs and plays, and they're good at scouting, right? Yeah, no, they, they scout pretty well. One of the 2024 firsts will not be Indiana. I'm not sure which team it is. I'll uh, report back. Do they back have to go get more. one, or do they just have one? On no, no, it, it'll be one they, that they had previously acquired. Do they just have one in the freezer, an extra? Nope, nope. Like no. when you know, well, I guess you're going to make extra, steaks but... and then somebody comes over and you're like, oh, damn it, I got that frozen steak. And then you're kind of mad that you got to make them well, the steak you were saving you're saving for yourself. Using that when yeah. the, the kids and, and your wife are going to be gone on Sunday night, you're going to cook that extra steak. And That's exactly gotta... how Indiana's feeling. Yeah, I got it. I get it. Afternoon, low tide. Well, that's a long one. All right. Okay, I'm on Sports 1440, 
1242, 18-1. It was like minus 24 when I backed my car out of the garage today. And then it just kept going up and up and up and up. What's the temperature right now, Declan? I It says minus 17 on my phone. That sounds about right. Okay, I was so gonna it's say, gone I, up like 7 degrees. Okay, that's pretty good. Yeah. Minus 17 is brisk compared to what we were having. It went from cold to brisk. You know, it's really funny because, it, like, I don't know how to describe it, but everybody who is listening to me who lives in Edmonton and area will know this is true. It can be plus 6 degrees and you're freezing your ass off. Because two weeks previously, it was 20. And then it can be, you can go from minus 20 to minus 35, and you're like, okay, it's colder. But when you go from minus 5 to minus 40, or whatever the hell we were doing, you are you are in peril. I'm telling you. Even the thickest skin Canadians can't handle that one. No. It's and we live way up north here. It's just too damn, like the gap. It's like, it's like the, the coverage gaps of the 74-75 Washington Capitals. Not even close to the puck carrier. Too far. Too much. I don't care. You can put on three hoodies, 15 of those, you know, clown bubble jackets and mittens, you know, to the stars. By the way, I saw TikTok today and um, Tom Cruise owns a vehicle that's a, a, a V16 and it's on TikTok, so it has to be true. And... It goes 270 miles an hour, and he spent, like, I don't know how many million on it. And I'm like, this is why people mock really, really rich people. Where in God's name are you going to drive that thing? Like, I think, like, really, really rich people like that, they just rent out tracks and drive their car around the track. That's the saddest thing ever. Well, I mean, you know, if you want to if you want to get it up to that speed, you can't do it on the roads. you got to take it to a track and do it. Sell the car and help out the food bank. Yeah, no, for sure. That would be the morally correct thing to do. I get that. But I, and I like I'm not I'm, I'm not trying to to Tom Cruise can do whatever the hell he wants. But it's like how often are you going to do that? Like you have a car that you've invested this much in. I don't know what insurance would cost. Like they they care, but <laughs> like maybe three times a year you're going to do this. Really? I was going to say you could probably get out there like once a week when you're not filming. Ah. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't see the appeal. I get where you're coming from. All I'm saying is I think Tom Cruise probably has pretty pretty easy access to a racetrack if he wants it. I would like, if I had that much money, I would try to invent a better hot chocolate or something that would help the world. If I had that much money, I would give you half. No, you wouldn't. I'd give you a little bit. No, you wouldn't. Percentage. You know what you'd do? You'd say, I feel bad for talking about Mrs. Andrews. And since my parents didn't help me at all, I'm going to help them to make them feel bad. That's my, what you do. My parents would de- would they would get the second biggest uh, donations after yourself, <laughs> Declan. You know, if you're this good at lying, I'm concerned for your future. I mean, honestly, Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick. Hurry in for GMC's Joy to the uh, Ride event. No payments for 90 days on every new in stock 2023 GMC and Buick. Declan, you're hilarious. You're just hilarious. Uh, Vancouver. This comes from Vin. Vancouver, better watch out. One four game losing streak by them. And the orders won't be far behind at all. There's still some real hope they can finish first in the Pacific, in my opinion. Well, I, you know, we can talk about that. But the orders have an 11-game winning streak. And the standings have just turned over in those 11 games. The LA Kings, in the last 10 games, they've collected six standing points. Edmonton gained 14 points in those 10 games. 14! That is extremely rare. 
So the Oilers are one point behind L.A. with a game in hand, and they trail Vegas now by six points, and they have four games in hand. The Oilers collected 20 points during the last 10 games. Vegas had eight points. That's 12-point difference. This is like, I, don't, I mean, I don't even know. This is like secretariat. Pick, pick the whatever triple crown race you want. Uh, that's truly amazing. It re- we are watching something special. Something ghastly early has turned into something very special. What a year. Tom Cruise also has access to a spaceship. Well, sure. What Broberg has to prove in the AHL is that he can be consistent for more than a handful of games and build his physical game. He's hardly played hockey for several years. To bring him back is insanity to expect different results. He had good results in Edmonton. You know, I don't know how these things get started. Go to Natural Statric and look at his scoring rates. The one thing about Broberg is that he was highly protected. So is the third pairing right now. He's there. He's a plug-and-play. LT, what are your thoughts on Arthur Kaliev? Sounds like he might be available. I would make a trade for him. I'm a big fan of his. I was in his draft year. A big fan. All of the numbers, all of the cannons that math can deliver gave him a high recommendation. And he's played in about the equivalent of two seasons now, 172 games, and he has 34 goals. I would make a trade for him. Now, he's 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 a big man, but he's not a like a voracious checker, and, and he's a one-dimensional fella, but I would definitely make a trade for him. I'm a big fan of his. I like Arthur Kaliev probably more than I should. He was number 33 overall in the 2019 draft, and I had him ahead of Broberg by by some margin. I really like what L.A. has done to the draft table. You know, people were all over it. Well, Quentin Byfield's nothing. Oh, yeah, yeah. How's that going for you? They've done really well down there. Their coach is playing their goaltender too much again. Heard Tom Cruise is going to buy Clefbaum a new back ready for the playoffs. The the Clefbaum rumors have never stopped. They've never, it's the damnedest thing. They've never stopped. Um... Can they use a portion of the bonus this year, or does it have to be the whole amount? I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that any portion that you can slide in this year, you can, and then the rest would be the overage for next year. LT, I think the problem with Broberg is there were some big moments where he'd fall or turn it over and lead to goals that unfortunately got seared into memory. Well, that's, I mean, that's called being young. And Evan Bouchard had the same issue, and the orders really slow-played him. If you, in, in October and November and December, if they'd done what they should have done, which is play Broberg, just play him. And I know that, uh, well, uh, Kulak's not playing. Okay. Then, then, but you, you have to play Broberg. You have to play him. You have to play Holloway. Otherwise, they're going to die on the vine. It, it, there's, there's no replacement for playing in the National Hockey League. These are young, good players. And they're being sort of slow played like Bouchard was. That makes sense to me.
It's not intersections that are slippery. It's everywhere from JCD. It sure is. It's really slippery out here. And JCD blames the city. Um, I'll say this. I think that there is a point where where when things begin to thaw that you get a little bit of, um, I don't know if it's hydroplane because I'm not an expert and I'm good at making stuff up. But I, I do think that, that there's, there's a, a point at which, in terms of weather and warming up, it becomes extremely dangerous, and we may be in that situation right now. I am driving later today. Please beware of an old man in a vehicle. Zero chance L.A. trades Kaliev within the division. Well, it depends on what the return is. I don't know what L.A. needs. They need a winning streak. Dry is a Forsberg-type power forward, not a Neely-type. I've been down this road with conversations like this. It's too vague. If I start giving you names, I go, Leon Dreisaitl, there'll be 15 people say, he's not a power forward, wake up. So I don't do, I don't engage in those things because it doesn't, all you do is get hammered by people. If you want to give me the definition of a power forward, you know, do they have more than, you know, 40 penalty minutes per 82 games, whatever, then we can talk about it. Otherwise, it just it just becomes a, a counterproductive conversation. I know it's a slim chance. Do you think the Oilers could eventually catch the Canucks? The Canucks have to go on a big losing streak, I believe, to have that happen. Now, if you look at their their uh, shooting percentage and their save percentage, then regression is likely. But regression doesn't. It's not like the trains in Germany. It doesn't run on time. It runs whenever the hell it wants to. And you just don't know the day or the time. I'm getting biblical on you, but that's true. And that is the problem with predicting anything about Vancouver. I don't think they're superhuman. And I do think that a lot of things have gone right. And what I'm reading out there is a lot of, you know, patting themselves on the back. And I always, it's it, never test the gods. Whatever gods are, hockey gods, sandwich gods, whatever. I guess you would test the cheese gods by mocking them so much. But as soon as you say something that's a little bit like, yeah, we're great, boom, the it, it, it comes back to haunt you. I don't know. Anything on the Corey Perry? Nothing yet, but there's a lot of smoke. A lot of smoke on, on Corey Perry. And he does make sense based on Ken Holland's own past. He's famous. Ken Holland doesn't... When you're 35, Ken Holland's still just getting to know you as a player. He is the most patient guy with age. Okay, I'm going to take a break, but first I'm going to... I'm retweeting Ryan Holt, who's calling a game tonight, by the way, Bakersfield in action again. He always tweets out food, and he takes lovely pictures of it. And he's in the Penrose Tap House in Old Town, Fort Collins... And it looks really good. I mean, I'm hungry just looking at it. I've tweeted it out. Have a look. Oh, my gentle Lord, does this look good. Okay, Bruce McCurdy on the way. We're also going to have Matthew Shinetti from TSN to talk about Trey Ford and what Chris Jones is doing with the Elks. That's all next hour. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide, and it's time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your sports 1440 update, brought to you by Tommy Guns, home of the ultimate grooming experience. The hot towel shaves, awesome haircuts, and treatments are designed just for you. 
Book now at TommyGuns.com. Breaking news out of the NBA as the Indiana Pacers are finalizing a trade to acquire all-star Pascal Siakam in a deal that will send Bruce Brown, Jordan Wara, and three first-round picks to the Toronto Raptors. NHL action, just two games on the schedule today. Detroit in Florida and Montreal in New Jersey, both at 5 p.m. Chicago and Buffalo were originally supposed to be on the slate, but the NHL has postponed the game because of travel restrictions in western New York. Former Edmonton Oiler Tyler Ennis has retired from pro hockey. The Edmonton-born winger had been playing with the Mannheim Eagles in Germany, but incurred a neck injury in November and has now retired. Ten games in the NBA today, including the Toronto Raptors hosting the Miami Heat. Tip-off for that one at 5.30. Also on the schedule, Milwaukee in Cleveland and Dallas in L.A. Utah and Golden State were originally slated to play today as well, but due to the unforeseen death of Golden State Warriors assistant coach Dejan Miojevic at 46 years of age, the game has been postponed. Australian Open action today as Canadian Felix Auger-Aliassime will be in action against Hugo Grenier in the second round at 9.45 tonight, and four games in the AJHL, including the Sherwood Park Crusaders, who will be in action down in Calgary. Puck drop for that one, 7 p.m. And finally, three games in the WHL tonight. Lethbridge in Moose Jaw, Saskatoon in Red Deer, and Portland in Kelowna. I'm Declan Kruger. This has been a Sports 1440 Update.